Welcome, True Believer readers, to another episode of Let's Read Spider-Man. And here is a man who would never dress up his dog in a little green and yellow spandex costume, my dog-owning friend, Eddie. How are you today, Eddie? I'm feeling so much better. I No sickness. I, I got a bunch of concerts and gigs coming up, so I'm a little scatterbrained. But my dog gets dressed up occasionally. Not in kind of a moon suit, though, like we see in this book. <laughs> Good. I figured that was, a, that was a safe bet that you weren't going to do that to your little dog. <laughs> Pepper, right, if I recall? Pepper, you're right. Okay. Yeah, I, I'm more concerned because I think it's a new moon right now, and we got the wrong kind of moon for what we're going to talk about today, right, James B.? Well, the readers don't know exactly what we're talking about, so let's get right into it. From September 1973, The Amazing Spider-Man 124, The Mark of the Man-Wolf, Jerry Conway, scripter, Gil Kane Pensler, John Romita, and T. Mortellaro, inkers. All right, James B., I, I can't even start with this summary because we got to talk about this cover. I, I got problems, big problems with it. I have one. Why don't you tell everyone what your problem is? Well, I think it's just the whole kind of plot of this book is given away, much like when we saw the chameleon uh, becoming Peter Parker, which would have been really interesting had they not put it on the cover. Jay Jonah's talking about how his son is this werewolf jumping through the window. Why can't we just discover that in a little bit? Yeah, um, same problem I had too. I, I don't want to know who the were who the werewolf character is going to be and that it's really going to be his son. Uh, again, maybe they're mistaken. Maybe it's it's a lie, right? <laughs> I guess. Possibly. I guess. Well, go ahead, Eddie. Why don't you do the regular part of the summary now if you've got that off your chest. Spidey is reading the Daily Bugle as we flash to the Bugle building where John Jameson unexpectedly shows up to take his dad to dinner. Okay, John Jameson, the military war hero astronaut, is wearing... First off, let me just talk about the first panel. He's got a necklace on with a little red bead around it. And I was like, John Jameson's wearing a necklace. And then we see him in this high-collared, very 70s-looking pinstripe suit with long hair that's been kind of quaffed in, <laughs> over in the back of his head. I, this is not what John Jameson is. I did not recognize him at all. You could make an argument that his hair color seems to be kind of like a grayish color, True. like the wolf he's going to turn into. Maybe it's because of that? Interesting. He has gotten older, but his style choices are completely out of line for John Jameson. Yeah, everybody looks different in the 70s, but uh, why don't you uh, <laughs> continue with our summary? All right. Before John and dad depart, John becomes ill with a touch of the flu, <coughs> but quickly recovers to introduce his fiance Christine. Peter has not processed Gwen's death. He is unable to concentrate in class and takes his anger out on MJ and Flash when they try to console him. Yeah, these books, you and I have talked a little bit before we started recording, you know, not the best. So I'm going to have to take the side of things I like as much as possible because I know you're going to be taking the side of things <laughs> you don't like throughout the night. Yeah. Um, I, I did like seeing a competing newspaper in the beginning with the Daily Bugle. They showed oh. the Herald. I thought that was kind right. of interesting that there's more than one paper out there. I also did like there was really some good extended Joe Robbie scenes. The, the conversation wasn't okay. just a typical two panel. Joe Robbie says something and Jay Jonah kind of agree, disagrees. It went on for a, a good solid five panels of real discussion between them. And here Peter throws a real fit and it's very easy to agree with some of the things he's complaining about that, you know, it's kind of a, basically a, 
I want to be alone. Why do people get angry if Harry and I don't want to open up about our feelings? You guys don't know what we're going through type of attitude. And everything he was doing or saying felt really realistic. So I really enjoyed that. Fair enough. I think ESU should have given him the semester off. But we return to John Jameson as he transforms into the man-wolf and goes to the bugle to attack J. Jonah. Concurrently, we see Peter lose it about J. Jonah's last editorial, and he swings to J. Jonah's office, arriving as Manwolf also arrives. Manwolf and Peter battle, with the beast besting Spidey, only to gaze deeply into J. Jonah Jameson's eyes. And leaves. Spidey awkwardly leaves, and at the end, is about to get attacked by Wolfie again. James B., in this book, it's it's raining, right? I did not notice if it was raining. What makes you say it's raining? I, 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 how could you not notice this? First of all, well, I there's water that's around, and I, I just have to wonder a couple things. One, like, how is Spider's web, you know, Spider-Man's web clinging to the walls? Is, does it not affect it by rain? We've seen snow affect him before. And then constantly, every time there's the outside, there's these little, like, horizontal-ish lines that are across all the drawings it is driving me crazy james b i don't like it at all um yeah it looks like it apparently it is raining there's a lot of shots inside but yes when they're outside it does appear to be raining i guess i found it incredibly distracting to have all these lines drawn over the drawings uh, at the end of the book too did you see J. jonah jameson cry yeah he's he's sort of crying because his kid's a werewolf, right? I mean, yes, but J. Jonah Jameson cries? I I don't like this at all. But it's his <laughs> son, right? It's a whole different <sighs> set of rules here. Let let me throw in a couple things I didn't like. I don't want to pile on here. Okay, all um, right. Help me out, though, about this. How did John find his father and how did J. Jonah Jameson know? Is it literally just supposed to be he smelled out where he was and he looked in his eyes and he's like, that's my kid? Is that what happened? I think so. It's kind of like I thought of when um, the kingpin, when uh, with the kingpin's this, wife. Right, Vanessa. Vanessa stares into the eyes of the schemer and realizes uh, it's her son. You okay. Know? So, Excellent. Yeah. Okay, and then the other, the last thing I had in my dislikes was now some of this is going to be revealed in the next book but uh, but I, so i'll ignore that those questions that i had written here but the one part i had is man wolf um, his abilities are what and what level of knowledge intelligence does he have could you just give me anything uh, it's super unclear i really don't know what he's doing he's like attacking spider-man just because he happens to be there i guess why he's going to see jay jonah I, I don't know. He, I, I can't help you. Sorry. I feel like in his battle with Spider-Man and, and everyone, I feel like I feel like he's like a like a middle schooler and like <laughs> the, this is Man Wolf and like you're like an adult and he just keeps coming at you and you just keep like pushing him back and throwing him. He doesn't seem to really ever damage anyone. It's even implied throughout both these books that he may have never even killed anyone or <laughs> done anything besides smash through some windows and scare people and growl at them. Like he doesn't really accomplish any anything. I, I mean, he does beat Spider Man. Like, whoa, totally what are you talking beats about? him. What well, in this no fight? Way. In the fight in the bugle, not only does he slash his chest and like 
this doesn't happen too often. Like his costume is clearly slashed, and then Spider Man falls onto his head, and it goes thud. Uh, yeah, okay. It gives him he gets, time. Right, he gets immediately up. No, he doesn't. He has time to go and grab J Jonah's hand from the phone, and then stare deeply into his eyes. And then, as J Jonah's looking where he jumped back out the window, okay, Spider Man right. is still on the ground. All right, all right. Hold on, hold on, readers. Hold on, hold on. <laughs> Spider Man jumps in. I'm going to yes. say what this here. He jumps in. Right. He he grabs Manwolf. He throws him. Manwolf dies at him. He misses. Manwolf swings at him. He misses. Spider Man punches him <laughs> and knocks him into Jay Jonah. Manwolf like growls. Uh, he the table gets broken. He he Spider Man punches him again. <laughs> Spider Man punches him again. He gets one hit on Spider Man and Spider Man bumps his head. <laughs> well, yeah. Well, okay, right. And then right. I'm just saying he's been. He gets one lucky shot. They make sure that he bumps his head. That gives him time so he can like grab Jay Jonah because they don't want to be like, oh my yes. God, Spider-Man got beaten. But they want you, people like you, Eddie, to be like, oh, he was defeated for one second. No, I barely. He, was, he just, Spider-Man just can't, he just, Spider-Man just has to like let him, he can't just kill him. He would have destroyed Man-Wolf a long time ago. Uh, well, I guess he wants him to give time to deal with. Maybe Spider Man was actually like, finally, J. Jonah's just going to get killed by this man wolf. Well, <laughs> I'm going to watch it. It's okay. He's very angry at him. So he does think about that, though. Um, do you want to do the second issue and the sponsor, or do you want to do the sponsor and the second issue? Because I got to get my sponsor in. Whichever you would like to do, James B. Right, well, you, let's. You let us surprise us. We can break up this amazing book. <laughs> uh, in, with the sponsor that way there okay can, i'm ready you can have fun on both ends uh eddie we have a return sponsor today it's actually once again the daily bugle uh, the daily bugle provides breaking news with timely updates investigative reports and comprehensive sports and politics want to find a hero for hire check out the daily bugle did spider-man kill norman osborne not sure check out the daily bugle if you want to know what's up with crusher hogan check out the daily bugle so stop reading the herald Check out the paper run by the editor with a heart of gold. And here is a word from that cigar-chomping, fair and balanced boss you love to love. I'll pay $5,000 if you capture Spider-Man. Get her alive! <laughs> what a hoot. And remember, Let's Read Spider-Man co-host Eddie says... I'm citing the Daily Bugle as my serious scholarly text. <laughs> I'm citing the Daily Bugle as a legitimate source of information. <laughs> I cited the Daily Bugle as like a primary source. The Daily Bugle. It's available all the time, everywhere. Uh, well, I'll never be forgiven for making the da Daily Bugle a primary source in one of our arguments, but that, that's, a, that's a fair recall from the past. That being said, I, I, I don't know if the Daily Bugle is, you know, fair with all the news being reported. It seems rather one-sided to me. I, we're letting these guys come back. Um, they were, you know, we've had dailybugle.net on, but this is a long time. We Daily Bugle was our second sponsor ever. They were in uh, episode two of Let's Read Spider Man, and then <laughs> did, um, did we did we get did we get paid five thousand dollars to have them on? If that's the case, then no, I, it's I if you capture Spider Man dead or alive, um, but I, because he because like, he murdered a prominent businessman, you know. Oh. Well, I I don't know about that. <laughs> it's it's in the paper though. <laughs> it's the paper that you you don't. I don't know if you understand that Osborne was an associate of J. Jonah Jameson. They were together in the Midtown 
um, business club. Yeah, and right? he's and now that he's been murdered, you know that wall crawling menace is responsible. J. Jonah Jameson knows it. <laughs> uh, maybe he should become a police officer. Then I might be a little more partial or impartial to the situation. Well, regardless, you know they're our sponsor for today. So, oh, okay, thank you, James B. Sure. Hey, let's talk about uh, the next issue here. Um, it's from October 1973, The Amazing Spider-Man 125, Wolf Hunt, uh, scripted by Jerry Conway, penciled by Gil Kane, and inked by John Romita and T. Mortellaro. James B., if it hasn't been noticeable, these were not my favorite books. And one thing I really didn't like was the name Man-Wolf. <laughs> I mean... It is not my favorite. So I'm going to uh, play around the summary a little bit here, if you don't mind. Uh, sure, go ahead. Spidey and Wolfgang Amadeus Mozart are fighting. Spidey notices Chewie's cousin's necklace, but before he can figure out where he's seen the gem, he's chucked off a building into some trash as his canine opponent runs away from the moon setting. Or maybe he just saw a squirrel. <laughs> Peter goes home to bandage his wounded chest and passes out. MJ, Flash, and Randy are at the coffee shop. As Harry enters, Harry mirrors Peter's demeanor of gloom and irritation. He yells at MJ, sending her running off in tears. I really don't like when MJ cries, and we've seen a lot of crying MJ recently. I don't know. It's it's just, it, once again, this is very out of character, so I I don't like it. J. Jonah Jameson finds his son at his apartment and awakens him to learn the origin of Mandog. <laughs> uh, Man-Wolf's origin story is just the worst, James B. All right. Well, we're going we're gonna to disagree here on, on a couple things. But one is that, where is he called Man-Wolf? Uh, on the cover. Right? Only, though, right? Agree? True. Correct. Okay. So they've named him the Man-Wolf, I understand. But it's not like anybody's referring to him as Man-Wolf. Um, I, have, I have less problem with his origin story than you do. Um, why don't you hit the highlights about the story? <clears throat> Let me just get my papers out here because there are so many things that I don't like about this origin story. Once again, I feel like characters are being broken and destroyed. Um, all right, so they refer to him as a werewolf. Sp Spider-Man does refer to him as a werewolf several times, which I'm like... All right, you know, we werewolves have been around forever. Why are we using this as a thing in Spider-Man? Okay, hold uh, on, then, hold on, hold on. But let me just get... First of all, we just saw werewolves. We saw the werewolf by night, Jack Russell, in yes. Marvel Team-Up 12. We, so Spider-Man has just, in his world, it's been like, what, two months, maybe two issues ago? Yeah, he, he finds another werewolf. Also, we finally broke the seal on I can have werewolves in comic books once we had the whole Harry uh, uh, drug issues and the whole Morbius thing, remember? So this is why they're showing up here. I I guess so. But this is, a for me, a well-worn kind of character that I don't need to see in Spider-Man. I prefer something a little more creative. Um, let me go on here and tell you the worst part of the origin story. So John is on the moon. He sees a shiny stone, which is red. He picks it up. He takes it back to Earth. And then he, like pays off somebody at NASA to give him the stone. I mean, first of all, that seems highly unlikely that anyone that works 
with astronauts or space would ever give anyone something that was like documented and brought back. And second, John Jameson, war hero, astronaut, Mr. Like America is paying off someone to give him a little stone he saw on the moon. There's just no way he would ever do that. That's you're, like you're interpreting rules. You're interpreting what you want here, Eddie. It doesn't and I'm not this isn't me joking with you. It says with a little coaxing I let I got him to let me borrow the rock for a while basically. It didn't say he's bribing him. But with I assume, I guess I read into coaxing, but he has a friend who works rock. in the quarantine center. He's just like, "Hey dude, can you hook me up? I really want to borrow." He this it says there's plenty of rocks. Can I borrow this one? There's no way that a American hero astronaut would be taking something kind of underhandedly from the space completely agency. disagree you're reading this you're purposely disliking this book so much that what? you're making the story worse than it is it's not it's he says to his friend hey you got a ton of rocks i'm the i'm the astronaut that brought them back you think i could have one as like a souvenir and the guy's like yeah okay <laughs> if he if he had gone through proper channels if he went to his boss and was like hey boss i found this rock this is like my no, favorite thing they can can't... i have this Come on, Eddie. You're not going to have a book that says, oh, I went through proper channels and filed some paperwork. And then after a six-month release, let me have... No, no, no. Oh, my gosh, dude. This is something that, like, Hammerhead would do. Or the Kingpin. They would find a way to get what they want in, like, a very unofficial mafioso way. And when they say borrow, he turns it into a pendant. Spider-Man swings into J. Jonah's office and gets himself a cup of water. He swings in (laughs) and he steals back his costume. He steals back his mask. Meanwhile, this guy goes to the moon. He brings back a bunch of rocks and he says, can I keep one rock as a souvenir? It's a rock. It's (laughs) a moon rock. Whoopie-doo. Precisely my point. Spider-Man has some morality problems in many ways, you know, but this is like, this is as close to Captain America in Spider-Man as we get, I think, John Jameson. And is, would Captain America take this rock that he found on the moon kind of like in the same manner? That's a pretty just, good, that's a pretty no good way. argument there, that he is, There's, he's pretty upstanding. I just think that, that he's not doing something as bad as you think it is. This is like Captain no. America saying, I'm not going to sign the Sokovia Courts. Like, he just does I, like, who cares? I think I think it's terrible, and at the end, I think it's terrible because this is such a questionable rock. It's not like some, like, run-of-the-mill moon dust that he takes. He takes, like, a shiny rock, and he turns it into a pendant to wear around. I like how they make the origin story rounded around the edges for the panels. So I we do knew like it wasn't that. like current. Yeah, like just is kind of different. And the the whole like as much as I hate the origin story, I like how the moon comes out and like there's not very many words and we just see the moon as he changes into the yeah. wolf. It's kinda of like a little bit of a horror story there. Yeah. Yeah. Um I like that they're gonna use the moon connection between the <laughs> astronaut and the werewolf, that you have moons right there. I mean, they, they're doing the best they can. <laughs> Too well-worn. Well, uh, Spider-Man goes to the bugle, but gets tear-gassed, falls into the street, but manages to hobble to MJ's house, only to have MJ send him packing. Um, he goes to see MJ here, and she he's clearly highly distressed and injured, and she's like, get out. I... Uh, I'm so frustrated about this too. I understand she's upset that everyone's been so mean to her lately, but like as a longtime friend, don't you think she'd let him just chill there for a bit and talk it out? No, no, because, no, because, because in the, 
in the actual panel, it shows a tiny Harry's face. And she remembers that Harry said, you're always hanging out with Peter. You're not supporting me anymore. And she thinks I'm being a bad girlfriend. So she says, hey, look, loser, I'm not going to sit here and try to coddle you anymore. Get lost. Oh, well, they should. I don't know. Considering that she stayed to console him immediately after Gwen's death, I thought she might cut him a little bit more slack. But sorry, Peter. Um, We go over to John Jameson's apartment. Um, Spider-Man gets into a fight with the furry moon boy and rips the gem off his neck, which transforms him back into a human. Spider stoically walks off before J. Jonah can say something. What, was he going to apologize to Spider-Man about being a jerk here, James B.? Yeah, maybe. He might have been saying I was wrong about you, or he could have been saying I want to thank you. Yeah, that's what I thought. I thought he might be trying to give him a, a thank you, because he says, Spider-Man, wait, I, and then Spider-Man interrupts him. He's like, save it for the papers, Jonah. And that's important, because if he does thank him, we would have destroyed another True. Eddie character. So you're lucky that that one didn't get destroyed. Thank goodness. So... As much as you have problems with the the story, and I have to kind of defend the origin story, I do have an issue with it as well, though. Um, I don't have a problem that Spider-Man could tear off the necklace. So it's it's important <laughs> that they tell you that the necklace gets, like, fused into his skin, and he, yes. he can't get the stone off him. But Spider-Man, when he's in wolf form, Spider-Man's able to pull the necklace away, which you could argue, okay, you could always it's easier True. to get off in wolf form. The thing I didn't like is... You know, you could fly a man into outer space, make a necklace and put it on his neck. But then when the necklace comes fused into his skin, he doesn't go back to NASA and say like, hey, could you please remove this thing from me? <laughs> well, I, I actually interpreted that as further evidence that he got this in an underhanded manner and that he was going to he was going to get in trouble if he tried to go back to NASA and be like, hey, help me get this thing off my neck, which I shadily acquired through my friend through coaxing. So, well, you know what? That's. The good part. You can read between the lines any way you want, listener. And maybe you'll think that John Jameson is an American hero doing underhanded things. And maybe you'll he think he's just an, a regular hero who occasionally <laughs> wants to wear something cool around his neck in the 70s with his high collared shirt. Ooh. Eh, you know, didn't bother me as much as it bothered you. So anything that we didn't cover? You know... Uh, I got one thing here. What temperature do you think they keep the Daily Bugle building at? What do you think, James? I have no idea what this is I, where this is going either. <laughs> I I think they keep it very warm. You know why? Because there are a lot of sweaty <laughs> illustrations in this book. Did you see how many times J- John Jameson and J. Jonah Jameson sweat in a panel? <laughs> Perhaps it's very humid because of all the rain. <laughs> it is raining. That's true. But, you know, their air conditioner might not be working. But I counted seven panels where, like, someone is very sweaty. I, I guess this is a new kind of thing for our relatively new inker. Sure. I, apparently, <laughs> I'm reading different parts of the book than you are. Did you see the uh, girl, the fiance, who Christine Summer Saunders? I don't really know anything about her. Uh, guess. Uh, Looks a little bit like uh, a little bit like Gwen Stacy, a little bit. Uh, she does. I think that's why Spider Man was so distressed at saving. Well, it was why he was so distressed saving her when um, Man Wolf was attacking her well, and Jonna. She she also had the worst line in the whole book for me. Did you? Are you ready, James B? Sure. This would be a good way to end your uh, segment here. <laughs> Second to last panel, Johnny. Are you okay? 
Papa Jonah. Is he okay? <laughs> Papa Jonah? Well, they've known each other for a whole <laughs> issue. Right? Didn't she just get introduced to him? You said you didn't like the line where she says, Papa Jonah. Oh. The, pa- um, the page before that, Christine says, Spider-Man, don't let him get near me. And he's, and he's like, go ahead, lady, scream. That's really helping. <laughs> <laughs> Why don't you go call a cop or something? Jeez. Or go, I have to do this by myself. And he gets punched right in the face. <laughs> I just like that. He's like, thanks, lady. I, You know what I was struck by? I'm like, why is Christine driving like a 1920s Rolls Royce? <laughs> it's 1973 and she's got like a Dunesbury. <laughs> <laughs> She's also driving it into another car. If you look at the yeah, she's a jerk. Well, she can't get it started. I they play her. They just play her character so wrong. Well, Eddie, since we're a little torn on this, and I think you don't like it as much as I do, if the listeners wanted to tell us uh, in an email how they felt about the book, how could they reach us? You can email us anytime at let's read Spider-Man at gmail.com. And if they wanted to send us uh, pictures of their dogs um, uh, wearing costumes, where could they uh, send oh, those tweets? Please do so at Let's Read Spidey. Yeah, I'll just forward those to you. Um, <laughs> this is Eddie, joined by... James B. And remember, listeners, if you are an American hero and you want to bribe someone... Or maybe just ask for a favor. To steal a priceless stone from space... Or, or maybe one they have lots of extras... Just make sure it won't change you into a monster. Uh, Yeah, I agree. (laughs) Goodbye. Goodbye. (laughs) I hated these two books so much. Just so much. I, I, I hate them less than you do. You hate them so much, It's I feel like I have to defend them so much. They're... I guess. I immediately looked up Steve's rating after I finished them, and he gave them both a seven. Yeah. I well, was surprised. Well, Steve is more in sync with me on this. I mean, they're... I guess so. First of all, you got to bring back John Jameson, who I love that they bring him back. They True. bring in They bring okay. in... J. Jonah Jameson gets saved by Spider-Man, almost has to thank him. Okay. That's important. All There's right. a whole bunch of connections here where um, MJ gets told off by Peter. MJ gets told off by Harry. She has to make a decision if she's going to stick with Harry or not. True. And she does. It, it, a book that didn't have any Ned Leeds. That's always good for you. <laughs> well, there is a lot. I, it, I, I, there is a lot of character development, although I don't like any of it at all. So I guess this means that these characters, I don't know them as... Well, well, they're changing. They're not going to be what I thought they were in the future. A little more unexpected. I think that's what—that's my biggest problem with it all. Jerry I Conway just, is evolving the characters. Don't like to it. Do other things with them. I guess so. It's making so. me upset, though. Yeah, I, my bigger problems with Man Wolf is just—I think he's like a joke. Like he—he he do, he doesn't kill anybody. I know that you're like, oh no, he—he he defeated Spider-Man. I mean. I mean, there's a, there's a scene where he's fighting some dude on the rooftop. The guy's got a knife. And it says, before the man wolf can complete his attack, he's become 
you know, in the manner of the beast, he's become a sudden sound startles him and he turns to see it's Christine. And he's like, ah, I'll stop fighting this guy and half fight the next person. <laughs> I'm like, dumb. And he lands one single blow on Spider-Man there. Spider-Man beats him like. He, I was impressed. He, he gets one. He gets one. But Spider-Man punches him. So he gets one kick on Spider-Man. Spider-Man tackles him. I guess he hits him with a fist, too. Then Spider-Man chokes him, rips the thing off his neck, and the fight's over, as usual. <laughs> Quick ending. Spider-Man gets hurt. Peter, like, this is the... We haven't seen him in bandages since he had his busted arm, I think. I don't think we've seen it. But he, like, goes home and passes out because his chest is all cut up. So, All right, well... Maybe I'll leave Steve's rating in because he always, uh, poor guy, we, we quote him all the time. Yeah. He, he just gets cut off at the end because we never can fit it in there. So we'll see. So. <laughs> there we go. That's right. <laughs>